You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Ramban versus Rambam. And as you can see on the screen in front of you, this is the Shorish Rishon of the Ramban. This is his Hasogos. It's, it's nine pages long, and this is without any commentary, it's nine straight pages of defense and criticism of the Rambam. And last week, I think we talked about what energized uh, the Ramban, and um, we saw that uh, his energy and his passion were tempered by his respect of his opponent. Uh, and, he, and he really did feel that the Rambam had done great work. In fact, he even believes the book that he's criticizing is a book that's very solid and special, and it's mukutar, it's, 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 it smells great, you know, in a sense. It smells, it has a great, you get a great impression, you learn a lot from it. But he still felt that there were points that the Rambam had ignored or not given the Bahagan of credit. And here we see the Ramban starts. So we'll, just, we'll start with the Ramban's own words. As we said, remember the Bahag counted Mikra Megillah near Hanukkah, a hundred brachas each day, and um, the various acts of Chesed, uh, all of them as separate mitzvos. Um and the 18 days to finish Halil. That was, and if you remember, this, this, the, 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 the Rambam took special attack on two points. Um, one of them was including a Hanukkah. And the second one was, how can you say that the 18, the days to finish Halil are from the Torah? Now, he says that Chuvos here means arguments back. Now you say a chuva, a chuva doesn't mean an answer. It could also mean a response back to you. Like this is what I'm throwing back. You say this, here's my chuva. Bahag, you write this, my chuva is this to you. So that's what they are. These are chuvos gedolos. There aren't four answers. They are four responses back to the Bahag, which seem to be, each one of them is a knockout punch, he says. It's almost like <laughs> I'm shaking here. There's nothing I can do. I've got to admit you're right. However, the Ramban is feigning uh, fear. He actually is going to show you that he doesn't, he really is going to take apart each one of these questions although he gives it them its credit. Now, um, before he does that, he goes into an introduction, and I mentioned this to Jack last week, about who says that there are actually 613 mitzvahs anyway. And uh, we don't have, uh, we might go back to this someday, but that's, his, that's the first thing that he does. Now, after he sort of writes a whole essay about is Taryag a true number? 
Uh, he then goes to the Ramban, the Rambam's questions. He says, the first thing the Rambam said, of course, was, how can you mention things that are clearly rabbinical when the Gemara said the words, Lamosha Misenai? So the Ramban says, well, I happened in the Bahad that was in front of me, it didn't say Lamosha Misenai. All it said was there's 613 mitzvahs that the Jews have been commanded of. It doesn't say Misenai. And that could have been the Bahag's Gears and the Gemara. And therefore, there are 613 that are, that are in the commands. So, he says, even if you want to say that um, the Bahag had the, the text of, of May Sinai, and maybe you want to say that the text that I have of the Bahag is incorrect, and that the sources all say 613 mitzvahs were given to Moshe Misenai, um, you could still have rabbinical things despite that statement. He says, I have three reasons. First of all, uh, many times the rabbis speak about um, uh, their own laws and they use the term from the Torah. For example, the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, why does it say in the Torah to pour water on the Mizbeach during Sukkot? And the Gemara answers, God says, pour water in front of me on Sukkot, so this way there'll be water, there'll be rain throughout the year. It doesn't say that in the Torah anywhere. Nisa Hamayim is either a Lohomoshim Sinai or a Takana, but it's not in the Torah. So why does the, why, so you see things that we all do, the, the Gemara speaks about them as if they're from God, from the Torah itself. Another source he brings is the Gemara Rosh Hashanah that also on the same page that says, God says, say the psukim of Malchios, Ochronios, and Zachronos and Shofros on Rosh Hashanah in front of me. Rabbi, Rabbi Kivalevich, yes. it says Rosh Hashanah and I'm looking at Yud Vav Aleph. What kind of page is that, Yud Vav? <laughs> Yud Vav would be the way you'd write it if you're not so afraid of mentioning part of God's name. Yud Vav means 16. I see. Okay, <laughs> never seen it before. <laughs> That's right, because you're from. You always write things to Zion. Hmm. You always write, the, but you'd, <laughs> you'd, you'd involve would be the normal way to write it. Tezayan is like <laughs> nine and seven. Just write the letter 10 and six, right? Why, why make it complicated? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's good. It's fine. So anyway, Bariwan is not as frum as you are. You know what I'm saying? The Bariwan uh, text. So Yudvav is, tes- is, is, is 16a in Rosh Hashanah. In 16a, the Torah, the Gemara says, God says, say these psukim in front of me. God says to say the psukim? Those are only the Rabbanan. Now here, by the way, when I read this, I remembered this Ramban. The Ramban has the same question on Rashi. If you look at Rashi in Chumash, in Parshas Emor, Rashi says, what does zichron trua mean? Psuke zichronos, psuke shofros. Lizkor lemakedes yitzchok. That's what it means, zichron through a yilachem, meaning say the psukim about, about, uh, about Yitzchok. So the Ramban says, I don't know why he didn't mention uh, Malchios, because that's you're also supposed to say that. Um, in fact, we learn it out from a Pasuk where it says, Ani Hashem 
where we say that wherever you mention um, um, Zikaron, it's always going to mention, you always have to mention Hashem as Melech. So why didn't Rashi mention that? But then he says, the whole point is, though, is that Rashi is wrong because, I mean, I understand why Rashi mentions it because it's a nice medrash, but it's just an asmachta. There's no mitzvah. That can't be the pshat and the pasik because we know, as he points out, that if a person has a choice to go to a place where you blow the chauffeur, but they don't know how to daven, or another place where they don't have a chauffeur, but they know how to make the brachos, the Gemara says, go to the place where the, you get a chauffeur blowing, even though you don't have a davening. The Gemara says, Pshita. The Gemara says, Hadarais, Hadarabonon. Obviously, hearing the chauffeur is from the Torah, whereas saying the psukim is only midarabonon. So, Gemara answers, no. The reason why it's a chiddish is because the chazan you know is there. And the shofar, you're not sure. So you still take the trip to the shul where the the shofar might be rather than go to the place where you know the shofar won't be. So even though over there you know you're going to get a rabbinical fulfillment, you take the risk for the Torah fulfillment. That's the Gemara Shoshana. So the Ramban says, obviously, Zichron Trua does not mean the Psukim. The Psukim are rabbinic. The, the davening tzura that you say in Rosh Hashanah, mentioning God as Melech, mentioning that God, how important shofar is, all that is rabbinic. And yet, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, when it describes that we must do it, says, God says to do it. And even though we know it's only the rabbis. So, that is the Ramba, one of the Ramban's proofs that many times the Gemara speaks as if something is rabbinic, even though it's a Torah, even though it's rabbinic. And he quotes the same Gemara that he that he that he uh, criticizes Rashi with. Then he says that um, another reason why you could say Ner Hanukkah and all these rabbinic things are Misenai is because. Sometimes when the when Chazal speak in the Gemara, they talk in rove. They talk in the 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 majority. They talk about the preponderance of the material. In fact, it's in the Torah as well. The Torah many times writes the preponderance of things, even though not every detail is through, in, in order to make a point, in order to narrate something, it gives a sort of an inexact general statement, even though the details aren't true. And he brings two psukim in the Torah to prove this. First of all, it says, And it mentions Benyamin. And Binyamin was not born in Padan Aram. So you see that the Torah can sometimes write Alpirov. This week's parsha. Kol Nefesh Habol Yaakov Mitzrayim Ashivim. Now, you can, we know that 70 is not true. There were three that were already in Mitzrayim, Ephraim, Menashe, and Yosef. So how could it say 70? 
because Alpirov, most of the, listen, it was 70 were the descendants of Yaakov. 67 of them made their way to Mitzrayim. All right, so you say 70. And then, this is really going to be the wild one. Uh, in Parshas Bo, we say, Moshe B'nei Yisrael, Asher Yesh from Mitzrayim, Shloshim Shona V'arba Meoshana, that the Jews were in Egypt 430 years. And we know that's not true, right? We know that um, the 430 is basically when Avram um, get, gets to Eretz Yisrael when he's 70, right? That's when he... Um, and the first time when Avram has to leave or go to Eretz Yisrael when he's 70. And then they were all over the place. But you can still say 430 because Mitzrayim was the longest of all the places they stayed. In Gerar, in Mitzrayim earlier, Mitzrayim was the rove. So you could say it was 430 in Mitzrayim, even though Mitzrayim was only 210 years. But 210 was most of where they were. And therefore, you could say, B'nai Yisrael were in Mitzrayim for 130 years. Um, and then he says, when it comes to, uh, he brings another proof from Sefer Ezra, um, where it also mentions a list, and we know that list isn't true. It mentions the amount of people that came up with Ezra, and it mentions that there were 40,000 uh, 40,300. And we know that's not true. The Gemara says that there was really only um, 30,000. But the reason why those, the, the people that are mentioned, because even though it says in the Pasuk in Ezra, let's take a look again, it says Yehuda Ishleiro, and it says Yehuda and Benyamin. If you, if you check that complete amount, it's not 40,000. So the reason is, is because there were people from other Shvatim that aren't mentioned. So even though the big number mentions, it says, the men of Yehuda, the men of Benyamin, they all came back. And it was 40,000 people. Well, that wasn't true. It wasn't 40,000 people, Yehuda and Benyamin. It was only 30,000. But there was another ten to 12,000 from the other Shvatim, then each one didn't really represent too much. So you can say a large number, like 613, and include things that aren't true in the statement. And here's the Ramban is, again, showing from the beginning of the Torah through Nevi'im that therefore you can say that it, 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 Hanukkah, Megillah, uh, Hallel, all those things are rabbinical, but the statement doesn't have to be true about every single one, as long as it's true about most of them. And he goes on to say, of course, that um, there's even, of, of, of and two of them aren't even given to Moshe at Sinai. They were given to Aaron. That was the parsh of Shisuyayai, and after his children died, and the laws of Matnas Kuna. And we still take the, them in there. And then he mentions there's other things that weren't at Sinai as well. For example, Makoshesh, Benos Tzlovchad, none of those were done at Sinai. And still, this, the general statement is correct. Um, so, that is his second argument. His third argument I mentioned last week, 
he says the Ram, the Rambam himself knows about the Gemara that they accepted all the mitzvos, even the ones that they that they didn't know about yet, but were on the pike. So in other words, part of what Moshe did at Har Sinai, this Bob was the Gemara and Shavuos last week, which I mentioned as part of the Ramban's argument back to the Rambam. He knows about this Gemara, and therefore he wonders, what, why is the Bahag, why does he have such problems with the Bahag? All right. So in other words, the Gemara and Shavuos says that Moshe Rabbeinu made a Shavuot to the Jewish people and said... Everybody, you would have to take a shvua to keep the Torah and even the mitzvahs that haven't yet been developed. Which means an acceptance of those mitzvahs, right? So in a way, they did come from Sinai. Is that not, are you speaking of Nasev and Ishma? No, this is, this is a special thing in Parshas Nitzavim. In uh. Parshas Nitzavim and Arvas Moav, there was a, a, an acceptance of all mitzvos to come. And specifically, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, mitzvah shenitztavu asidos lizchadesh, that Moshe made them swear that they would fulfill them. So he says, even if you want to say that Moshe didn't say what they were, but still there was a, an acceptance of things that go back to Sinai. And therefore... Again, these are all reasons why rabbinical laws can be part of the um, can be part of the phrase from Sinai. The next section of this uh, critique goes into something which I I think we're going to leave for next week or beyond, which is how could the Rambam write that every law that was instituted by the Rabbanon, uh, whether it's to protect the laws of the Torah or uh, a special takana is all part of loisosur and yarucha. And this is one of the most important Rambans versus the Rambam. And I, I want to give it its own space, which is what is their debate about rabbinical law? Is rabbinical law sanctioned by the Torah? We already saw last week that you can't count them because otherwise as as you'd have thousands of mitzvahs, but what is it that forces you to keep rabbinical law? And and how does the law of Los Sosser work? That's really uh, its own subject. And it's all here in this critique, which is really brilliantly uh, laid out. I'm going to skip that part and go to the, um, the fourth uh the second argument against the Rambam, against the Bahag. And you can see it's quite, <laughs> quite extensive. Okay. Hapliya Shomer Arav the Rambam used very, um, I, I don't know if you would, sort of facetious language. He says, his bonein vis palei. How could it, how could Khalel, the David Amelech, the David Amelech composed, say that God commanded 
to say things that didn't even come into existence until later. That was the way the Rambam uh, phrased his argument against the Bahag. In other words, you can't have... you Think about... It hasn't even occurred yet. So the, the, the Ramban feels he needs to uh, protect the Bahag here. And he says, you know what? I have a pill on you. You, you have a Pella on the Bahag, how he could somehow think that something that was written later could be part of Moshe Rabbeinu's command. How about you? You say that you have to daven every day. And yet we know that those words of davening were definitely done by the rabbis later. So of course, you know what you're going to say, that there's a command to daven to God, and as you can see here, we, we gave a whole bunch of Urim about this. He's the only source that you need to, to, to request what you need from. And as the Ramban himself implies a little bit later, he's the one that you need to, suppl- to, to supplicate yourself in front of when you're in need. Okay. But obviously, to daven three times a day is clear rabbinic. And what you need to say is rabbinic. So I know what you say, Rambam, that all of those things were done later. There's a mitzvah to daven in Torah, and the rabbis filled it in. You wrote that beautifully. You explained it perfectly. So why are you so surprised about the Bahag? So here, the Ramban is telling us that there seems there might be a mitzvah from the Torah to say Hallel. But what you say was determined later. Now, where is there a mitzvah to say Hallel? And again, we were talking about whether Hanukkah could be from the Torah or not. Now we can maybe zero in on the Hallel that we say on special days, whether, it was, whether it's the Hallel on the Yom Im Tovim, or the Halal on Hanukkah, the Halal on Yom Atzmut, the Halal on Yom Yerushalayim. Is that from the Torah? Well, here is where the story begins. The Ramban says that we were commanded, according to the Bahag, from Moshe at Sinai, to say Halal at holidays. And what is the Halal? Ashira. Now, on Pesach, the shira that we need to say has to include what happened during Pesach, which is Otsiyam Mitzrayim, and the fact that the Yam split. Hivdilum lavodoso, maybe that's what we say on Shavuos. Maybe that, from the Torah, you need to mention the Hallel that we were taken to be God's people. And David is the one who came up with the words to say. In fact, we know that korbanos, minatorah, need to have singing accompanying the bringing of the korban. That's minatorah. We learn that from the fact that the Pasuk says, l'shar so bishmo. The Gemara says, where is it that you use the name of God and you serve him? That's Shira. Shira singing, praising God when every carbon was brought. Every carbon tumid was brought in order, there's a mitzvah that the Levium should be singing. 
while that carbon is going on. And that's a mitzvah from the Torah. But what did they sing? They sang what David HaMelech wrote. Eventually, David came up with the Nusach. And that's what he says. With, even before David, the halacha was, Shira Makevas HaKarbon. If you didn't have the Levian there, you weren't supposed to bring the carbon. If you don't have anybody to sing, again, there's a question. Is the carbon kosher without Shira? But we know that we're going to... Oh, hey, get the Levi Amir. What? Oh, we have to bring a carbon. Wait, wait, wait. The carbon isn't proper unless there's singing going on. Well, before David, what did they sing? But we see, we don't know necessarily because we don't have a record of it, but it's similar to davening, the way the Rambam understands davening. The fact that, that the actual text is the words of David, the words of King David, he shouldn't being a spoil and say it's so amazing that the Baha could say such a ridiculous time travel thing. No. All the Baha means is that the Chiv to say Halil is from the Torah. David HaMelech gave us the words. We have a similar situation when it comes to benching. We know benching is from the Torah. Birchas HaMazim is from the Torah. But the words that we say are all words that were instituted by later people. Moshe, Yoshua, in fact, I want to read this inside because I think it's interesting, this specific part. Shlomo was Masakin Bonei Yerushalayim. Obviously, before Moshe and Yoshua and Shlomo, there was a mitzvah that God wanted us to take record of the fact that we've eaten and we've got nutrition. But everybody would say whatever he wanted to say. The Gemara, in fact, speaks about there was a certain shepherd who just didn't know the words, and he just said, I bless God, Baruch Rachmana Maradahai Pita, and he was Makayim the Mitzvah in of Birchos Amazon. The various Nevi'im, there was Moshe as a Navi, not as the lawgiver, Yeshua and his Bezdin as a Navi, and Shlomo as a Navi. What did they do? They figured out the best language to use, the language that captured the best ideas. And in fact, the Ramban says, Remember, we've even changed Shlomo's Takana. Shlomo just said was, talk about the Beis HaMikdash in the third bracha. Talk about the place that God will, uh, the, where the Avodah Hashem happens. So we had the right to alter that. And now we have altered that, as he says, here in Golis, and we say, you know, Rachem, we call that bracha now. It wasn't called Rachem when it was originally instituted. But at least it has the same subject matter that Shlomo told us, Shlomo and his Bezdin, who are Nevi'im, so to speak. They were the ones who told us because Shlomo understood that each community would institute based, well, at least each time in history, Gefi We wouldn't, in other words, at the time of Shlomo Amelech, up until the Churban Beis Amikdash, what did they bench? They benched about how great it was that we have Yerushalayim, how beautiful it is, how great the Beis Amikdash is. And now what we say is, please restore the Beis Amikdash, bring it back. Parenthetically, this is an argument to change the Nusach of Nachem, right? Uh, that we say by Tishabov. Because uh, you, here you see that the Ramban says that Lushonos change based on the Zmanin. And therefore, this is a source, again, to, to change Tfilos, which are no longer reflect the reality in front of us. Anyway, 
The point, though, is, is that that's the way we praise God. And therefore, why is the Rambam, why is the Rambam so more than all the other davenings and benchings and everything that we have? Okay. Then the Ramban, and again, he shows himself a master um, arguer here, a master debater. He says that, you know what? Who says that even everything in Halil is from David? We know from Chazal, and this was obviously something that the Rambam knew these Gemaras, but the Rambam rejected them. Um, we saw this when we talked about the Pusik, uh Shivim Shana, Yemeshon Asenu Behem Shivim Shana. And remember when we talked about the longevity of the previous generations, we talked about how the time of David, it could be 70 years. And I mentioned that um, not everyone says that that Pusik is from David HaMelech. And, and, and one of the ones who said it wasn't was Moshe Rabbe, was was the Ramban. He says that Kapitol Tilim and others are actually authored not by David. He says that, that, so even to say that, and therefore, how do we know the Psukim that we say as Hallel were from David? Maybe those Psukim were actually written in previous generations. Maybe Moshe wrote them like Tefillah Moshe, which is obviously Moshe's, um, Moshe's, he authored that. It was Moshe's creation. Now, parenthetically, I will say that I think the Rambam disagreed with all of this. I think the Rambam felt that Tehillim was totally written by uh, David, inspired by others that he sort of put, his, put himself in their mind. But not that David HaMelech had it, that these were Kapitlach Tehillim, that, that David, that others had written. That seems to be the Rambam's position. But anyway, the Ramban, though, is saying, if you take Chazal at face value, there's a lot of Tehillim that's part of the Tehillos that weren't written by David HaMelech. As he says, Sefer Tehillos Mechubra Mikol Shira Shunemru B'Yisro Baruch HaKodesh. It's, it's, a, it's a collection. David finished the collection. But the Chazal say some were actually said by Odomarishan himself. Now, in fact, if you look in the Gemara and Psachim, the Gemara asks, hmm, who said this Halel? Halel zel mi Omro. Omer Rabbi Yossi, Elozer b'ni Omer, Moshe v'Yisrael Amrua. So Rabbi Yossi Bartachlafta said, I'll show you the Gemara right here now. The Gemara wanted to know, and I'll read you the Gemara here. The Gemara says, in the name of Shmuel. Okay, we all know that Oz Yosher was said by Klal Yisrael when they came up from the Yom. But who said the hollow that we say every every Yomtev? The hollow that we say in the night of Pesach. Leilonu, Leilonu. Right? Who, who is the one that said that? Who is the one that, who is the author of what we call the Halil? Is it Shlomo? Well, uh, we're going to find, we're going to find out in a minute. Who authored Haluya Avde Hashem, Haluya Shem Hashem? Who is the author Who's the author of that? Again, the Rambam says it's got to be David, of course. Ramban says, yeah. 
why don't you look in the Gemara and Psalchen Rambam? <laughs> Over there it says, there's a machlokas. The first opinion is, Nevi'im Shebenayim Tiknu Lenu Yisrael. The Nevi'im instituted these, these words to say that it should be said whenever Jews are saved from any tzara, that when they have the redemption, they should say these passages. And of course, this is the basis of saying that Hallel and Yom Atzmut. Rav Meir said, and this is the Rambam's opinion, everything is David HaMelech. That's what the says. Kolu Tfilas David Min Yishai. Meaning it's all David. Kolu means Kol Elu. What about Hallel? Rabbi Yossi disagrees with Rav Meir. Rabbi Yossi says, my son worked on this. My son worked on this. And he made the case that that Hallel was actually said by Moshe himself when they caught up of Yamsuf. And when my son said it, the people disagreed with him. They were into Rav Meir's. They kept on saying, no, no, everything was said by, like this is the Ramam's opinion, everything was said by David HaMelech. Rabbi Yossi says, I might be old, but I'm telling you, I believe that he's right. I don't care if Rav Meir is like them. Because how can it be that for years, Klau Yisrael was shechting the Korban Pesach, eating the Korban Pesach at night, taking a lulav, having simcha in front of God. What, they didn't say, they didn't say anything? They didn't say shira? Now, of course, the Ramban would, would answer that they said something, but there was no fixed nusach. All right. Um, I it? Yes. Could you tell me, I missed when you had the point or whatever over the Gomorrah, and I don't know which Gomorrah. Yes, this is the Gomorrah, Daf Kufyud Zion, Amit Aleph, and Psochen. Okay, so in this Gomorrah, the Gomorrah actually uh, seems to say clearly that there is an opinion that this is Moshe, well, well, as he says, um, his, what did his son say? His son said, Moshe and Yisroel were the authors of this Hallel. All right? Now, um, the Gemara later, as a Brisa, that the uh, Ramban quotes, Hallel zeh mi Amro, Rebbe Omer, Moshe v'Yisroel Amro. So now we see that what, what Elazar, the son of Rabbi Yossi, said, was actually said in the generation before Rabbi Akiva by Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer ben Urkinus already had said that that challah that we say every, on these holidays, it was said by Moshe himself. Hey, Mamru Lelonu, Hashem Lelonu, and God answered back, no, you are deserving. I'm gonna, you might not be deserving, I'm doing it for my sake. Okay, Rabbi Yudah said it was said by Yeshua, but you see Rabbi Eliezer already said it was said by Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, the last opinion here is the opinion of Rav Meir, the opinion of Shmuel, that the Nevi'im Shebeinayim tiknu l'enli Yisrael, that they should say it on every parak. Now, if you look at this Gemara, the Gemara clearly uses the language of tiknu, that the Nevi'im instituted it. Here's the Gemara in Psochem, mentioning a, a variety of opinions. Clearly, there's a debate where, how early it happened. All right? And then the Gemara ends up saying that there is 
a, a, a seemingly a majority opinion saying that it's the chak, that it's the it's the neviim shebeneim, and it was meant to be said on every holiday. Now, on, now that you saw this Gemara, let's go back now to the Ramban's using of this Gemara for his argument against the Ramban. So he says, Hine, Ladas Rebeliezer, Hula Moshe. Rebeliezer, Rebeliezer, the son of Rebiosi. Moshe is the one who instituted to say it. And the reason, and it was based on being saved from Paro. Now, the Divri Chachamim, who are the last word in that brisa, they say, it wasn't based on saying it, the fact that we were saved from Paro, but it's really a shira to be said whenever we are saved. And therefore, but who's the one who said that? Was it Moshe? The Ramban says, yes. That's what it means, Nevi'im Shebeneim. Nevi'im Shebeneim means, again, this is a little bit... Uh, Adochek, Nevi'en Shebeneyen means Moshe and Aaron and all the Atzivi B'nei Yisrael. So the Machlokas Rav Meir and Rav Eliezer and the Chachamim is, it was, according to the way the Ramban is looking at it, really the idea of saying Halel was something that goes back to the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. It was something that sprang forth as an idea that was clear once they were saved at Yamsuf, because that was the first Hallel, and then they instituted it for themselves and for any future time when events like that would occur. But it was actually, it actually goes all the way back to the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore, according to, again, looking at the Uh, looking at the Gemara according to the way Ramban views it, the way you would look at it is the following. That if we look again at the Gemara, But they didn't mean to institute it. They said it Along with Oz Yashir, they also composed these verses for their time, although there's no record of it in the Torah. The Chachamim, even if you want to say that's the majority opinion, they say, Nevi'im Shebeneim, meaning all the Nevi'im that were there at the time the Torah was given. And that includes Moshe, Aaron, Miriam, and all the special Atzile B'nai Yisrael, who also became Nevi'im at the time of Matan Torah. They said that we should say it whenever there's a tzara. That is the Ramban's reading of this machlokas. And that's what it means here too when it says, Elozer bini omer Moshe v'yistro amrua There, what it means is a takana although it doesn't mean it later. So this is a dochek. Let me explain it better. This is the exact same language that was used in the Gemara a little bit further on. Here, it's hard to say it's the same exact language. According to the Ramban, what is what is Elozer saying? 
Moshe of Yisrael Amrua B'Shosholom Inayam. They said it and they instituted it. That doesn't sound like from the later Gemara. So this is a little bit of a question on the Ramban. The Ramban takes the same basic language. One is Elazar, the son of Yossi. One is Eliezer ben Hurkanus, And, he, and he, in, he interprets them in two different ways, which is a little bit of a problem. But his major point, and that's really what I want to um, explain, is this. In Cain, ain't Shiloh Rava Balalochus Bahalos because clearly this could have happened, this could have been one of the most ancient takonos. And it might not have been written by David Amelech at all. And especially, as he's already said, that the Bahag is is willing to put even pure rabbinical um, uh, mitzvos in the number. But I think the Ramban says. I'm not sure if it's rabbinic. Because it could be what Rabbiosi meant about saying hollow when you eat the Korban Pesach, saying hollow when you take the Lulav. It could be that's not just following a very ancient Takana. It could be that is really from the Torah. I don't have a raya that it's rabbinic. In fact, when the Gemara says However, Shodesh is Daraisa, is not Daraisa. I get the sense that every other day it actually might be from the Torah. The Gemara in Eirechin, when it explains why Rosh doesn't have Halel, it says, it quotes a Pusik in Yeshaya, I believe. Yeshaya Perak Lamid, where the Gemara asks in Eirechin, why don't you say Halel and Rishkodesh? There's a special carbon that you bring. So the Gemara says, because it says, when when Sancheirev tried to destroy Yerushalayim, and the Malach came and destroyed Sancheirev's army, Yeshaya said that there's going to be a miracle, and there's going to be a shear for you, there's going to be a saving You're going to sing a shira just like an evening that becomes dedicated for Chag. Well, that means you see, when something is Makudish, you don't do Melacha, that has shira. So the Ramban says, we're quoting a Pasuk in Yeshaya, which seems to be where are you saying a special shira to God? It's got to be a leil mekudash. Now, this is going to be an argument against Yom Atzmaut and, and, and Hanukkah, but hang on. So the, so the Ramban now says, Afopisha zemidivri kabolohu. That's a pasuk from Yeshaya, that's not from the Torah. I don't, that doesn't phase me. What did Yeshaya say? You're going to sing a praise to God who's going to save you just like you already do it all the time now. In other words, he, he references, we can see from Yeshaya what was standard behavior. And we see standard behavior was to sing like crazy when the, the Chag, which is Pesach in this case, 
occurs. And what happens on the night of Pesach? The Ramban, quoting the Gemara in Pesachim, says, it says that when people ate the Korban Pesach, the roof was the roof seemed to be caving in from the sounds of singing that was occurring. The loud sounds of Pavarotti-like singing that was occurring were breaking the roofs. So you see, the Ramban says, that it's not a proof, it's not like the Navi says you should sing on a Yontif. The Navi is only describing how what's going to occur with Sancheirev is going to be in line. And it's go, you're, we're going to be singing the night that we got, the day that we were saved from Sancheirev, the same way everybody sings every Yontif night. So you see that this was happening from the Torah. And then he says, why did Rabiosi have such prejudice uh, for his son? He said, I think my son is right. Because how could it be that they didn't say Halel, uh, that the Takan of Halel didn't happen until, uh, like the Rambam holds, like Rav Meir holds, until the time of David HaMelech. How could it be Klau Yisrael was shechting their Pesach, they didn't say Shira, and they were, they've been taking a lul of all these years, they didn't say Halel? Well, maybe what we're talking about is who wrote the actual words? Who came up with the Nusach? Why, why, why does he say... It's a, my son must be right. So you see that what Rabiosi meant and what his son meant was that it's more than the fact that there was an idea to praise God and the actual words came later. It must be that it's a local motion misinai. That his son knew. Moshe, what he meant was, when it wasn't that Moshe instituted it. He wants to go further now. He wants to say, Hala wasn't just an institution like Kriya Satora. Moshe knew from God that Hala needed to be said. Now, the exact words, according to our, the Gemara and Psachim, were already developed by Moshe and the Nevi'im. But what they were responding to was an actual mitzvah from the Torah. Now, what sort of mitzvah is it? Well, where does it say to praise God uh, when a miracle happens to you every year? And to praise him in a specific right? How, where does it say that? So he says it might be a Lochem Moshe Misenai. It might be something that there was a tradition all the way from Moshe to say it. And that's what Elazar meant. And that's what Rabbi Yossi said. Of course they were saying Hallel. It's a local Moshe Misenai to say Hallel in the night of Pesach. Or maybe it's a Chalik in the mitzvah of Simcha. We know that the Yom Tovim, there's a mitzvah of Simcha. And we know also that by the Korbonos, it says Yom Simchaschem. What are you supposed to do by Yom Simchaschem? What does it say in, in, in Sefer Bamidbar? It says that you need to blow Chatzotros. Hmm. Now, blowing chatzotzros by the carbon isn't enough. In other words, it's more than what was done on a regular day. We actually have instruments, wind instruments, that accompany the carbon. We already know from the Gemara that those wind instruments were supposed to enhance the singing, the human singing that was going on. So therefore, the Ramban says, we see there's a mitzvah from the Torah to sing 
a special Yom Tov Simcha song on a carbon. Every day there's a mitzvah from the Torah to sing when every carbon is brought. But on Yom Tov there's a special mitzvah to have a Simcha song accompany the carbon. There, the Ramban says, is a proof that Simcha is with singing. And singing must be, it isn't just, you know, Bobby McFerrin going do, 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 or whoever it is, right? It's got to have, it's got to actually have words to it. It actually has to have words that you're singing. And they have to be words of substance. And that's a mitzvah of the, the mitzvah of Simcha Sachag. And the Ramban wants to take it a step further. It happens in the Korban, Vishalobashas Korban. And it's true, according to the Bahag and others, even when the Korban is not being brought. That's part of the Simcha, is that there needs to be a place to sing to God about what has occurred. So therefore, the same way we know that you're supposed to give people clothing that they like, that's Basimcha, the same way we know that you're supposed to... Um, uh, give kids what they like to be happy. Part of what Simcha is, is Shira. And that needs to happen on Yantif, and it needs to be in line with what the Yantif is about. And therefore, that's one of his sources, that Shira, or Halel, is from the Torah. Now, um, he mentions that it's the Gemara does say in Brochos, that when there's a question of interrupting someone, the Gemara says that Halel, you can interrupt the person, because Halel is only rabbinic. So how can you say Halel is only rabbinic? He's just giving you all these proofs that Halel was from the Torah. So he says that could be what we're talking about in that Gemara, about interrupting someone, where it says it's rabbinic, is only Hanukkah. So, as he says here, Efshoi Mechanukah, Nemar. But the Halil of Pesach is from the Torah. The Halil of Sukkot is from the Torah. But he says, obviously, whatever I've done here, I have saved the Bahag. So, we see from the Ramban that at least some Halil is from the Torah. However, he at the end, he sort of says, not for... Hanukkah. So, the Chassam Sofer, the fourth Moshe, we've talked about Moshe Rabbeinu tonight, Moshe and the Nevi'im, we talked about Moshe ben Naiman, we talked about Moshe ben Nachman, now we have the Chassam Sofer. The Chassam Sofer, Moshe ben Shmuel Sofer, uh, in this uh, tshuva that he wrote to uh, uh, one of the Gedolim, one of the Rabbanim, would made Aliyah, Aliyah Teretz Yisrael. And this is one of the famous truths where the Chassam Sofer talks about his reluctance to celebrate Lagba Omer. And he writes that And he talks about, and again, it's a long tshuva, and he talks about the people celebrating Lagba Omer.
He says, I know it seems to be a beautiful thing that everybody's coming from far and wide to Tzvas and Lag Baomer on Rav Shimon ben Yochai's uh, day of, of, of death. And I know there was Shem Shemayim. And you know what? They're, 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 they, they light candles and, 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 and that's considered a very special thing. But I personally would stay away from it. Just like Ben Dursoy, just like a, a robber would run away. I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be there. And I wouldn't want to have to tell them that they're wrong of coming up there, making these big bonfires and especially throwing stuff in there and burning stuff. And in fact, if you look in the postkim, they have a problem with these little holidays of people in various communities that make holidays because they were saved. Because the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says, we're finished with holidays. We're Migmavato Megillas Tainus. And in fact, where the Chsam Sofer himself was born, they made the 20th day of Adar Aleph was a holiday there. It was called Purim, Purim for Frankfurt. Now, in Mitzrayim, the 23rd of Adar is known as a holiday. And my Chabad friends are going to be having a holiday this week, the 5th of Tevis. Now, the Chsam Sofer knows that communities made holidays. Where do they make these holidays from? It's from a Kalvachomer. The Gemara in Megillah says that the Nevi'im, um, the Gemara says the Nevi'im didn't add anything to the Torah except Mikra Megillah. Mikra Megillah is the only thing they added. Maidrush, what's, what did they darshan to the right to add a mitzvah? Just like from Avdus Lecheris. What happened? Avdus Lecheris. Klau Yisrael sang this tremendous Hallel. We are supposed to use that day to describe the greatness of God year in and year out. That's all part of the Shira. For sure, when we are saved from death, we for sure should memorialize it and do something special about that day. So the Chassam Sofer says, based on this Gemara in Megillah, that means you're allowed to make a holiday because of that. He says, Log Bomer, though, nothing happened. What miracle happened that you're making a holiday? There's nothing in Shas about it. Some Sofer explains himself at the very end of the tshuva about what does this mean to use that kalvachomer to make a holiday. He says, basically, this kalvachomer, which the Gemara Megillah uses, kalvachomer is one of the uh, midos that is one of the strongest. Even, we can make a kalvachomer. You don't need to be one of the original rabbis who are promulgating Jewish law and are the masters of the Yud Gimel Midos. Kalvachomer is nitin for everyone, Lidrosh, and it, it's so powerfully logical that it has the power of the Torah behind it. So it's not based on simcha, like the Ramban said, the simcha of korbonos or a special unknown Allah Moshe Sinai. The fact that on a, a day that a miracle occurs, that you should take record of it, is a kalvachomer. God told us to take record of Pesach 
the way we do. That's a, and all Pesach was, despite how tremendous it was, we were saved from Avdus, a day that we are saved from death. For sure, you should do something special. So therefore, Purim and Hanukkah were both days we were saved from death. And therefore, they are a mitzvah from the Torah to do something. But But what to do on that? Whether to send shlachmanos or to be madlikneros or something else, that's the Rabbanon. So in other words, even though the Gemara seems to be talking about Halel, if you look in the Gemara Megillah, because the Gemara then says, We should say Halel on Purim. According to the Chassam Sofer, Halel is a second factor. Now, maybe the Bahag is right. Maybe the Ramban is right. That Halel is from the Torah. But over and beyond Halel, Hanukkah can be from the Torah without Halel being from the Torah. In other words, the Chassam Sofer says the Gemara and Megillah is two-pronged. First, it's, it's talking about the Takana of Kriyas Megillah. And that means a day that we contemplate by this reading what occurred to us. And we, we think about what does it mean that God saved us in such an incredible way. We make it special in that way. The Gemara then asks, then why don't we do what we do on every day? Why don't we say the Hallel of uh, of Leilanu, the hollow of of, of Betzaisis Shalom Mitzrayim. Why don't we do that? So the Gemara has an answer why you don't, because it happened in Chutzlaritz. Okay, but the actual event of of of, of making it into a holiday, that is the which means let's read the Megillah, and not because the Megillah is itself Hallel, because the Megillah itself makes us contemplate and makes this day special. That's from the Torah. And therefore, the Chassam Sofer says, in that manner, if you don't do anything on Hanukkah and Purim, you've been over mitzvah saseh. What mitzvah saseh is that? The mitzvah saseh that comes out of the Kalva Chomer. But if you do something on Hanukkah or Purim, even if you don't light Neros, even if you don't send Monos, so all you are is a rabbinical uh you are an over the Rabbana. Now, it's possible that Kriyas Halil Megillah is also part of the Kalvachomer, which is what? Not the of, of regular Halil, but the same way, what's the Kalvachomer? The same way we speak about Yitzhak Mitzrayim orally and spend time explaining it. So that, therefore, you're Chayiv to sing a song about these holidays all the time. And therefore, he says, the Bahag is a little bit correct that Halel or um, uh, Hanukkah might be a mitzvah. It, but, the, the some sofer says, maybe it's included because it's a Kalvachomer, it's included in the mitzvah of Sipri Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Meaning, Sipri Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is a from there we make a kalvachomer days where we were saved, but ultimately it shouldn't be counted as a separate mitzvah. 
But according to the Chassam Sofer, doing something on Hanukkah, doing something on Purim, is already a chiyah from the Torah. And therefore, if a person wasn't able, did decide he didn't want to light near Hanukkah, but he did something. Um, he didn't go to work. He had a party. Uh, he read Megillus Antiochus. He would be Mekayim, the Din Minatora of this Kalvachomer. So we basically have three opinions. The Rambam says it's completely 100% rabbinic. It's so far rabbinic, there's no way you could even, even talk about it being from the Torah. The Hallel that you say, even on every Yomtev, the Rambam holds, is totally the Rabbanon. It's a very nice thing, but it's totally rabbinic. The Ramban says that it might be from the Torah. As Allah Moshe Sinai, or as part of Simcha, it definitely was something that, according to the majority opinions, was instituted, Halil definitely, was instituted by the Nevi'im of a very early time. But he seems to admit at the end that Hanukkah and its Halil are probably only rabbinic. And then the Chassam Sofer, which is really the basis for any day that a great miracle occurs or a day that we were saved is a time to say um, something. And you need to really celebrate it in some way that brings prominence to what God did for us on that day. The rabbis told us what to do on Hanukkah and what to do on Purim in order to, ex- to accentuate that. But the Chassam Sofer clearly here holds that the essence of Hanukkah and the essence of Purim is Minatora. And that's based on the Gemara Megillah, which he believes could also help um, protect the uh, and defend the Bahag. And that is, as I said, that there you have uh, the basic background on this. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 